Let's pray. We'll ask God for his help. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we pray that this morning you help us to see the importance of words and help us to use them carefully and wisely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Words are a central part of our lives. Apparently, the average person who can speak fluently in a language knows 12,000 words in that language. Uh, Some people here can speak two or three languages. It's tens and tens of thousands of words. Uh, And uh, as Warren said before, although there's a lot of variation, lots of different um, uh, studies on this, uh, the study that I looked at uh, said the average person speaks around about 7,000 words a day. That's about a full hour of talking each day. Uh, Warren's one was 16,000 words. That's two and a bit hours of talking each day. Of course, we use the written word as well, don't we? Uh, emails, texts, and so on. It's words, words, words. We use words a lot, and words are very, very important. They're how we, how we communicate, how we relate to each other. Uh, words can bring us some of our deepest joys. Mark Twain famously said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. Uh, Words can encourage us. Uh, Words can also cause us deep hurt and pain. Uh, I can still remember hurtful things that people said to me years and years ago. I'm not even going to share them with you because it's still too painful. I'm sure you can tell similar stories. Well, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about words. There's plenty of God's wisdom here. And once again, like with work and uh, family and government, uh, these topics... They are God's wisdom worth knowing because, because they're God's wisdom, but also because they are very, very important parts of our lives. As with the other parts of uh, the other talks in this part of our series, what I've done, read through the whole book of Proverbs again. It's been fantastic to read through the book of Proverbs five or six times. Um, I picked out every proverb I could find that seemed to be talking about words. And then what I try to do, I try to categorise them. How could I, uh, do they fit into different kind of topical areas, different subject areas about words? As you can see from your outline, once again, I've come up with four areas. Didn't plan on coming up with four for every talk, but that's the way it's worked out. Uh, so four points about Proverbs, uh, sorry, four points about words from Proverbs. And then with each of them, I've given you a few sample Proverbs. So you can see the four points on your outline. Point one, powerful words. Point two, few words. Point three, ungodly words. And point four, godly words. So you can see where we're going and we'll look at the Proverbs that are in between those headings. All right, let's have a look at point number one. Point number one, powerful words. Proverbs is very, very clear about it. Words are powerful, very powerful. God himself uses words. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Uh, God uses words not just to create. Uh, God uses words uh, to, to bring people into relationship. He uses flawless, perfect words to bring us into relationship with him so we can find refuge, protection in him. Proverbs chapter 30. Can you see it there? Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. God himself uses words. God uses powerful words. God's words are powerful. But not just God's words, our words are powerful too. Uh, The next proverb tells us that our words can cause life and our words can cause death. They can save us or kill us. Proverbs 18, the tongue has the power of life and death. 
and those who love it will eat its fruit, for better or for worse. Uh, Our words can bring us lots of good things. Proverbs 12, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them reward. Uh, Our words can also do us great harm, Proverbs 18. The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their very lives. Our words can bring good or harm to us. Not just to us, though. Our words can bring good or harm to other people as well. Proverbs 15. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. It's true, isn't it? This this is true. Words make a big difference to our lives. They are powerful. Uh, I could give you lots of recent examples. I'm sure you could give me lots of recent examples of the power of words in your life. I can think, for example, just the other day I was giving one of my children a talking to, uh, said some harsh words, and I could just see in their eyes that I'd gone too far, that I'd caused real hurt. On the other hand, I remember the other day I had uh, an hour talking with a bloke and then prayed with him at the end. Uh, and after we prayed, he said, he said, Matt, I feel like a weight has come off my shoulders. My words have really helped him. Words are powerful. And a wise person realises it. A wise person does not underestimate the power of words. That's point number one, the power of words. Okay, point number two. Point two Few words. Words are powerful. And so the book of Proverbs counsels us to be very careful with words. Be careful with words. There are lots of Proverbs about this. Uh, Let me just give you a couple. Proverbs 13. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Or Proverbs 17, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. And whoever has understanding is even tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. It's like my grandfather used to say, silence is the only successful substitute for brains. Again, it's true, isn't it? It is rare that I get into trouble for speaking too little do sometimes with my wife, but uh, it's rare that I get into trouble for speaking too little. It's it's saying the wrong thing, not saying nothing that causes me trouble. Uh, If we're wise, if we're wise, we will carefully choose our words. Uh, Similarly, Proverbs says that we should should be careful to listen before we speak. Uh, You will gain lots of wisdom by listening, not so much by speaking. Proverbs 18. Fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. Uh, I vividly remember one of my not-so-fine moments. I was in a meeting uh, a few years ago, and uh, I don't know what was up, but I was just talking and talking and talking and talking over the top of people. And after the meeting, a mate of mine, a fellow Presbyterian minister, pulled me aside and he said, Brother, brother, I suggest that you read and think about Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. <laughs> Fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. I heard a bit, uh, but it was good advice. Good advice. Our next proverb similar, Proverbs 18. 
to answer before listening. That is folly and shame. Our next one talks about anger. Don't, don't, just, don't just blab out your anger. No, keep a lid on it. Proverbs 29. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Proverbs says, slow it down. Take a deep breath. Count to ten. As my grandfather used to say it, be sure brain is engaged before putting mouth into gear. Well, from Proverbs 29, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for them. Similarly, Proverbs talks about being apt with words. I love that word, apt. It's got a nice sound to it, but it's also got a very nice meaning to it. It means using the right words at the right time. Now, Proverbs 15. A person finds joy in giving an apt reply. And how good is a timely word? The right word at the right time can do great good, but on the other hand, even good words, if they're given at the wrong time, can lead to problems. Now, timing is critical. Proverbs 27. If anyone loudly blesses their neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Particularly if you've had a late night overindulging in Chinese food. (laughs) Or this one, Proverbs 25. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar poured on a wound, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. Again, it's true, isn't it? great to sing songs you just got to pick your timing even good words at the wrong time can be harmful sometimes it's best to just zip the lip I mean, job's friends are the classic example of that aren't they job's friends were great when their mouths were shut not so great as soon as they open them sometimes sometimes the situation does call for words we ought to speak up sometimes we are, we are shamefully silent but the key is to find the right time to be apt with our words. A simple point, simple point, but a very important one. We need to be careful with words. Listen before you speak. Think before you speak. Try to work out, are these the right words? Am I speaking them at the right time? Uh, there's a cute little poem that puts it nicely. It says, be careful of the words you say. Keep them short and sweet. For you never know from day to day which ones you have to eat. Okay, that was point number two. Few words. Be careful with them. That brings us to point number three. Point three, uh, ungodly words. Proverbs gives uh, examples of all kinds of ungodly ways that we can use words. And of course, uh, these are ways that we should try to cut out of our lives, ways that we should try to avoid. Here are some examples. Proverbs chapter 10 talks about slander. Slander. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. And you know what slander is, where you, you talk other people down in, in, front, of, in front of other people. Uh, I'm sure you've been the subject of slander at some time. Someone has talked badly about you to other people. It's not nice, is it? Thoroughly unpleasant. And yet it's very easy to slander other people, isn't it? Somehow it, uh, it makes us feel better about ourselves. We kind of put ourselves up by putting other people down. Here's another ungodly use of words. Lying, Proverbs 12. The Lord detests lying lips, 
but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Lies come easily, don't they? We lie to protect ourselves, we lie to get out of trouble, we lie to put ourselves in a better position, better bargaining position perhaps, we, we lie to make ourselves look better than we are. In 2002, the University of Massachusetts did a study. Uh, they observed people, uh, videoed people, having a 10-minute conversation. And they found that 60% of people lied at least once in a 10-minute conversation. And the people who did lie uh, averaged three lies in 10 minutes. Three lies in 10 minutes of conversation. Here's another ungodly use of words. Quarrelling. Quarrelling can, can cause big trouble. It's a very vivid image. It talks about you just breach a dam, a couple of drips come out, but soon the whole thing explodes. Proverbs 17. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Right, next one's about gossip. Proverbs 26. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. We love gossip, don't we? We love gossip, whether it be face-to-face -face or on social media. I'm no big fan of uh, Instagram and Facebook and so on. I, I think essentially they're about gossip. Uh, another proverb says that the words of a gossip are like choice morsels that go down to our inward parts, yum, like a smooth lint chocolate, that gossip. But gossip is hurtful. You know that if you've been gossiped about, and gossip doesn't please God. You've got to be so careful. Uh, next ungodly use of words, uh, next ungodly use is, is boasting. It's talking proudly about our achievements or our possessions or our abilities. Proverbs 27. I really like this one as well. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider and not your own lips. I was, at a party. I was at a party just the other day. I got talking to a person, not a person from our church, of course, because we're all very humble in this church. But uh, uh, this guy, honestly, he pinholed me, and for about half an hour, he told me how great he is and all the excellent things that he's done and how smart he is and how successful he is. But you know what? At the end of the half hour, I wasn't thinking how great he is. At, at the end of the half hour, I was thinking, mate, you are an insecure bore. I didn't say it. <laughs> what I should have said was, let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. Or well, here's one, one last one, one last ungodly way to use words. Uh, flattery. Flattery. Uh, praise is good, but flattery is where we give people excessive or insincere praise because we're trying to, we're trying to get something from them, trying to further our own interests. We're set, setting a trap for them, we trip them up so we can get something from them. Proverbs 29. Those who flatter their neighbours are spreading nets for their feet. Lots of ungodly ways we can use words, ways of using words that really we should be trying to avoid. Uh, there's point number three. Point three. Uh, but point number four, point four, uh, there are also godly ways that we can use words, ways of using words that we should cultivate. We should say more of these words. This is point number four, godly words. Uh, with our words, we can tell the truth. Proverbs 12, truthful lips endure forever. If you say it and it's true, it is eternally true. But a lying tongue lasts only a moment. You might get something from it now, but it doesn't last. 
We can tell the truth. With our words, we can teach wisdom. Proverbs 13. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. I hope you're a teacher of God's wisdom. I hope you are a person who speaks the wisdom of God to your family, to your friends, to your colleagues. You know God's wisdom. You know it from Proverbs. Of course, you know it supremely and ultimately in the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have, it's, like you have, it's like you have a great treasure inside you. You can do people so much good by speaking God's wisdom into their lives. You can benefit people. We can also benefit people with gentle words, Proverbs 15. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. With our words, we can also offer appropriate God-pleasing prayers, Proverbs 15. We can actually talk and God listens. The Lord detests, it says there, the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. Prayer of the upright pleases God. Good reason to be upright in and through the Lord Jesus. Also a good reason to pray. Uh, also with our words, we did this earlier on. Warren led us in this before. We can, we can confess our sins and find mercy. Great news. God is merciful to those who confess their sins. Proverbs 28. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. That reminds me of Psalm 32, you know, where David says, I tried not to talk about my sin, I tried to hold it in, it was like it was burning inside me. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Here's a time when you don't want to be silent, when it's time to fess up and say sorry before God, before people. Here's another godly use of words. With our words, we can offer advice. We can help people. Proverbs 27, perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Advice. Uh, With our words, we can even offer godly rebuke. Verse 27, uh, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. That's true, isn't it? It's like my friend I was telling you about before who, uh, who made me read Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2. Uh, true friends are not just going to flatter you, not just going to tell you what you want to hear. They'll tell you difficult things when you need to help them. I hope you're a true friend like that. I hope you have some true friends like that. Uh, this is point number four, godly words. Godly words can do so much good to ourselves, to other people. They're ways of speaking we should do more of. Okay, so can you see the four points then that Proverbs makes about words? Point number one, they're powerful. Don't underestimate them. Point number two, be careful. Be careful with your words. Point number three, there are lots of ungodly ways to speak that we've just really got to try to avoid. Point number four, there are lots of godly ways to speak that we should cultivate. All right. As we come into the New Testament, Jesus reaffirms the power of words. And he says something very important. Warren said this to us before. And and it's really important that we understand this. Jesus said that our words reveal what is in our hearts. Uh, in, In the old Bibles we used to have, it said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Although I think the 2011 NIV's got it just that little bit clearer. 
from Matthew chapter 12. Jesus says, How can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Our words reveal our hearts. Our words reveal who we really are. I don't know if you've just said to someone, oh, I've, just, I've just said that, it's just come out. It's come out because it's inside. It's not really good news for people like you and me, is it? That our words reveal our hearts. It's not good news for people who do lie and gossip and slander and quarrel and boast. But in the gospel, God promises to give us new hearts. Ezekiel 36, God promised... I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And friends, that's what happens to us when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw it in our reading today from Colossians. When we put our trust in Jesus, God unites us to Jesus. That means when Jesus died on the cross, God considers that to be our death. Our old life of sin has been killed in Jesus. It means when Jesus rose again from the dead, God considers that his new life is our new life. We have a new life and a new heart in Christ, in heaven, now. Of course, here today we still have sinful hearts but God has given us the down payment of his spirit and so there in Colossians in our reading earlier on it said that so that we should set our minds on the things above that is set our minds on who we will be in heaven set our minds on who we are in Jesus and then it goes on to say that our new life our new heart it it should show itself in how we speak Empowered by Jesus, we should stop using words in an ungodly way. Empowered by Jesus, given his spirit, we should start using godly words. I've just put a few snippets of, of snippets, snippets, snippets. I've just put a few snippets of the passage uh, that we read before on your outline there. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Here's what we should want to be. Who we are in Christ. Who we will be. What does that mean? It means rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. See, it's all about speech. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Uh, the other day I was talking to a mate of mine from church here, a friend who uh, became a Christian a couple of years ago. I asked him, uh, I, I said, what, what difference has it made to you to be a Christian? He gave me an excellent theological answer. He said, he said, it's made every difference. Before Jesus, I was condemned for my sin. 
and I, and I couldn't see any point to life. But now I've got purpose and meaning and hope and joy in this life. And as God's child, forgiven by Jesus, I, I look forward to being with him forever. I said, great answer. You must be really well taught. But, but, but then, then I said, uh, I said, but what differences have other people noticed about you? What difference do other people notice about you? And, and he, this is what he said. He said, I reckon the main difference is the way I speak. So I used to be a terrible gossip. I used to speak harshly to my wife and children. And he said, I used to blaspheme and swear. He said, I used to say Jesus all the time. But now I talk about him in a very different way. He's not my swear word anymore. Now he's my hero and Lord and friend. I, I didn't know the guy before he was a Christian, so I can't, I can't see the difference. But I have to say he is a man who speaks with noticeable grace. Friend, how are you going? How are you going with your words? Jesus says, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, what do your words reveal your heart to be full of? We have new hearts in Jesus. We've been given the gift of God's Holy Spirit. But, of course, our sin isn't fully gone until heaven, is it? And so until then, it's going to take effort. It's going to take conscious, intentional effort. We're going to have to keep reminding ourselves of who we are in Jesus. We're going to have to keep on repenting and saying sorry for our words. We're going to have to keep reminding ourselves that they are powerful. They can do great harm, great good. And then we've just got to work so hard to be careful in how we use words. How are you going? What kind of words do you need to, uh, to rid yourself of, to quote from Colossians there? Are you, are you a slanderer? A quarreler? A liar? A gossip? Boaster? Are you someone who, who gives full vent to your rage? Everyone should know about your righteous cause. Are you a person who just talks too much? Do, do you talk without thinking? On the other hand, what, what kind of words do you need to use more of? Do you need to say thank you more? Do you need to encourage more? Do you need more gentle words? Or more courageous words, braver words? Do you need to share more of God's wisdom, the treasure that you have? Are those the sort of words that come from your lips? It's not easy, is it? Uh, the Bible uses a beautiful image. In the book of James it says that it is hard to... Tame the tongue. It's like there's this lion in there. It needs to be tamed. We do need God's help on this, don't we? Well, let's pray about it now. Let's pray. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have united us to him so that our old life of sin is, de is dead and we have a new life in the resurrected Jesus. Uh, we thank you for giving us new hearts, for working in us by your spirit, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would complete your work, transform us, bring Jesus back so that we start saying what we should say all the time. 
Lord, as we wait for Jesus to return, please help us to stop saying ungodly things, to start saying godly things, recognising that words are powerful. Lord, help us to be so careful with them. We pray in Jesus' name.